Good morning, church, and welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. My name is Mark Salva, and I will be your worship guide today. First of all, I'd like to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope you have a safe and happy holiday on that day, and try not to eat too much. And I just want to send out a special birthday wish to my daughter, Cassie. She turns 20 today, and she is home sick. We took her to the clinic yesterday, and they tested her for COVID, for mono, for strep, for the flu, and they don't know what it is. So uh, she's feeling pretty ill today, so if you could keep her in your prayers, I would appreciate it. I have a few announcements. Uh, first of all, there's a leaflet in your bulletin, and it uh, tells all about the activities going on during this Christmas season. And then also, um, there's an order form in there for your Christmas cookies, and they have to be in by November 28th. So if you love all these cookies, you better get it in soon. And immediately after the service today, we're decorating the church. Now, normally I put the wreaths up outside, but I think I'm going to wait till it gets a little bit warmer this week to do that. <laughs> and we are, pardon me? No, it'll be warm enough on Wednesday. This, this, is per, this is perfect weather for going fishing too, by the way. But anyway, uh, we are still looking for someone to fill the church, church position as a secretary. So if you know anyone or you want to do it, please uh, let someone at the office know. And we are also having a blood drive. Uh, the information of that is in the bulletin. And then also your poinsettia orders are due by November 27th. So if you want to help decorate the church really beautiful, uh, I would encourage everyone to uh, purchase a poinsettia. And then at the end of the uh, Christmas season, you can take your poinsettia home. And also, um, the Layla and Faith Circle are collecting uh, winter coats. Now, this is a good time to do that because it is really cold. Just be glad we're not in Buffalo, <laughs> where you would need snowshoes to travel around in. But anyway, uh, the coats are due by December 4th, and there is a table in the back of the fellowship hall where you can drop those off. And let me see. And also, I already said about the cookie sale, and I believe that's it. Please uh, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we quiet our attention to the prelude and to the lighting of the candles.
Please join me in the call to worship. It's the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose again, he descended into heaven, and is sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. For thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please join me in the congregational prayer. Holy Spirit, through you all good things come us. You connect us to the love of the Father and give us the boldness to heart to love others. Fall fresh on us today, enliven our souls once again. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, would you all please be seated? We have a video for Angel Tree, so sit and enjoy. And Debbie Summers is coming up. One point five million children have a simple wish this Christmas to feel loved and remembered. When a parent goes to prison, families are torn apart and all too often children are left feeling lonely and ashamed. The separation can feel even worse at Christmas. With Angel Tree, you could be the hands and feet of Jesus to hurting families in your community who have a loved one behind bars. You can remind children they are never forgotten. And it starts with a gift. Angel Tree volunteers deliver a present, the gospel, and a personal message of love to children on behalf of their incarcerated parents. It's amazing to watch how a gift from that mom or dad can light up their child's eyes and to see the relief on the faces of caregivers. And it starts with the gift. What a testimony of God's love it is to the incarcerated parent when you provide a gift to their child in their name to close the distance between them on Christmas morning. With the help of volunteers across the country, Angel Tree has delivered more than 11 million gifts to children on behalf of their incarcerated moms and dads since 1982. It all starts with a gift. I'd like to thank Angel Tree because they helped us, they connected with our dad. Thank you Angel Tree for doing all that you do because you don't have to do this but you choose to do it and I really appreciate it. Angel Tree is really making a difference in my life right now because uh, I feel like a part of my family. I would like to tell any and every volunteer from the Angel Tree program, thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for what you guys do. For you and your church, Angel Tree Christmas can begin an ongoing, life-giving relationship with prisoners' families. You can help precious children strengthen their connection with their incarcerated parent, grow in their faith, and learn that they are overcomers with great, God-given purpose. Angel Tree is important because it makes an effort to consciously include people, intentionally include people. I know it's real easy 
for these families to feel uh, left behind and feel like no one cares. It's again, this part of wanting to show tangible love in a way that people actually need. It's, uh, it's helping people where they are in a way that they can appreciate. Many Angel Tree churches continue connecting with children and families through year-round ministry, such as Angel Tree Camping and church programs such as Vacation Bible School and Youth Group. Thank you, Angel Tree. Thank you, Angel Tree. You give a gift. Families unwrap hope. What better way to celebrate the birth of Jesus? The greatest gift of all. Morning. Morning. For years, um, the mission team and, and the church have bought gifts for children um, of incarcerated parents. And um, we've got 12 kids that we're going to be buying for this year. And we've also actually have had several tags already taken off the tree back there. There's an angel on the tree. It's got the first name of the child. Um, and it's got some suggestions for Christmas wishes that the children have, have asked for. Um, so if you have an opportunity, if this is something that God's laid on your heart to do, these children are actually in our district, in our area, so they're local children. The gifts that they receive will have um, a tag on them, and that gift will be given to them from that child's parent that is incarcerated to help strengthen those bonds between the parents and the children. Um, many of these people will be getting out of prison during the next year, so this helps strengthen that bond and, and to build a much better relationship with them. So if you, I'll be in the back. If, if you're interested in helping, please do so. We need all the gifts returned by December 11th, and then after that, those gifts will be wrapped, and then they will be taken to the caregiver of those children to those homes, and we'll also be taking to them a Bible. If they're um, a, middle, a young teenager, they'll get a teen Bible. If they're a younger child, then they'll get a children's Bible like um, the kids in our junior church are using. So if you have any questions, let me know, and thank you. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing that with us and for coming up and uh, leading us in our church and doing this great ministry again. What a great way to show grace. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, church, as we're here today, we do uh, want to take some time to be in prayer together, and so we're going to be entering into that time just want to let uh, any of our visitors know here today that if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. We have a group of people that pray regularly over our prayer requests, and so if you have a prayer request, we want to hear about it. And uh, you can simply send an email to prayer at groveportumc.org, and um, we will make sure that that goes out. It will be then uh, sent out to the group that uh, prays. We also want to mention to you that we do have printed your bulletin different prayer requests for the day. I want to turn your attention there at this time. Uh, I also have a couple different uh, announcements that I want to make sure you heard uh, here today. First of all, 
want to say that not only are we doing this great uh, thing for Christmas for this angel tree and of course uh, the shoe boxes that we already gave away, uh, those shoe boxes I understand were 56 shoe boxes, uh, grand total. So that was the online and the ones that came up here that we saw. So we're excited about that. Some kids' lives are going to be changed. Now we have yet another opportunity through Angel Tree to do that as well. Uh, speaking of Christmas, uh, today is a special day because right after service, guess what? The church is decorating for Christmas, and guess what? You're invited to be part of the party, right? So you're here today, and so uh, I know you got lunch plans. You can kick them off for just a little bit. We're going to have lots of hands come around. We're going to decorate this sanctuary. We're going to have a good time doing that, uh, and so do stick around uh, after the service uh, here today because, believe it or not, next Sunday starts Advent. Uh, right after Thanksgiving, and so we do want to prepare for that and make sure our church is ready, so please stick around. I do also want to mention, um, we do have a, a request from the nursery. Uh, next week, uh, we, uh, we do have nursery, of course, for the 9.30 and during the worship service. Next week, we actually don't have somebody, we need a second person, that is, for the nursery during the actual worship service. That's, a, that's November the 27th, um, and we still need some new volunteers as well, and so if you have any interest in helping or available to help, please contact Shelly Kitchen, our nursery director, and uh, she will be glad to uh, have your assistance in that, and uh, you get to hang out with my kids. So bless you for taking that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll be down here preaching for you, and I don't know, you might get a better sermon. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I do want to mention that to you. You know, of course, uh, we also want to send some time and spend some time in praises, that is. Not only do we want to celebrate the shoe boxes that I mentioned, uh, but uh, the Stoffers, that is, Michael got married yesterday. And so, uh, you know, Tim and Susan are not here today, but I know you're, you're up and watching this, or you will later. So we're celebrating that, so we hope it was a great day. I know it was a cold one, uh, but, uh, but that Michael and Cameron uh, are just having a blessed uh, beginning to their marriage. I mean, we know you had a good time. We celebrate with you. Do you see our other prayer concerns that uh, we want to mention? Just a few more to add to the list. Um, uh, you know, we're going to pray for Cassie, uh, definitely. So happy birthday, Cassie, if you're watching this. We love you very much. We're so uh, sad to hear about you being sick on your birthday. We're praying for you to feel better, as well as uh, if there's anything the nurses and doctors can find out for that as well, too. But uh, we're going to lift you up in prayer, and happy birthday to you as well. <laughs> Do you also want to mention, uh, we have Chloe Tabor uh, that is going to have knee surgery this Wednesday. And so uh, I don't know if Chloe's up here downstairs or where, but uh, Chloe, we're praying for you, and we love you very much. And uh, we hope that uh, all the surgery goes very smoothly and a quick recovery for you. We also just want to mention... Um, Last night on the northeast side of town, uh, my wife was coming home from work about 9 o'clock, and it was right when the temperature plummeted. And um, judging by what she saw, like actually happened in front of her eyes in a number of spots, uh, we have many of our Columbia families that did not have someone come home last night. And so um, we just want to be in prayer because we know how quick life we can be taken away and how quickly life can change even for the holidays, even if uh, someone was in the hospital. And so we do want to lift up some families here today that we do not know by name, uh, but our heart goes out to them. And so we grieve with them as well as pray for those that uh, are in the hospital to have quick recoveries. You also see uh, some printed in our bulletin, some long-term care. We want to pray for Jack, for Carol, for Annabelle, for Charlotte, for Bette, and also Reverend Jim Meredith as well. For those in active military service, we continue to lift up them, Jake, Nicole, Brandon, Justin, James, Bishop, Matthew, and Parker. With that being said, I do want to mention to you that we also have the altar rail available to here today, so if you want to come and meet with God in a special way, you're welcome to do that. And uh, some friends may come alongside you, place their hand upon you so that you know you don't come to this altar alone. So let's now go to the Lord in a time of prayer.
the Lord our God, in whom we live and breathe and have our being. God, we're so thankful for this day, and as we come as a nation to come and celebrate Thanksgiving once again, gather around hearth and home and table and even the luxuries of things like football, Lord, we are so thankful to be a people that have these opportunities, that have not only food before us, but also the ability to gather together with loved ones and to share that love time and again. God, we are a grateful people as we sang so many times in our music this morning, and truly it is the song of our hearts. Not only are we thankful for the abilities and the blessings that we have in this life, but we're thankful for you. And especially, Lord, this great gospel story that's come down from the ages to us. The story of Jesus Christ, who was born in that manger, became flesh and blood, and fully God, dwelt among us. When the time was right, gave us the keys to the kingdom, told us the way in which to live, taught us about you, and reflected the very glory of God amongst us. Lord, we're thankful for that being and that life that you lived and that when that time came, you surrendered yourself, gave yourself up on a cross, and paid that penalty that was ours to pay. And that, Lord, once you were in the tomb and three days later it was found empty as the stone rolled away, that even death itself was conquered by your love. So, God, we're grateful. Because that love has been extended to us. And the Holy Spirit has been given to any who would place faith in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, even in our hearts now, we know and hear and feel the testimony of your Spirit living inside us. Thank you, Lord, for we are a blessed people. God, as we're here today, we do want to take time to pray for those who are going through hardships, going through trials. Lord, we do pray for those who have lost loved ones that grieve here this day. And even on this special holiday, Lord, the, any loved ones that have come and gone, even in years past, that bring to mind. We know many of us will look at that empty chair at our table and miss our loved ones. So, Lord, we pray for comfort in these days. We also, Lord, pray for those who are struggling and those that are hurting and those that are sick. We pray especially, Lord, that your healing touch would be upon those whose ailments cannot even be defined by doctors. Lord, through the power of your spirit and the power that you answer our prayer, we pray, Lord, for them to feel better, to have no ailments, to be able to continue to live the life that you've given them. We pray, Lord, for those who are having other hardships, whether it be through different addictions, through maybe drugs or alcohol. We pray, Lord, for those other addictions of life that come from all sorts of angles, whether it be just overspending or shopping or other things. God, we pray that in this season they would find grace. Lord, we do pray that for those who are hurting and those, Lord, that are feeling lonely and isolated, that feel like their back is up against the wall and struggle each and every day, Lord, we pray for them. Give them hope, give them friendship, and Lord, most of all, part your love upon them. For God, in these days, for those that are an act of service, and especially those that are overseas or spend long nights away from the family, God, we pray for each of these that they would be able to come home safely, protect them, put a hedge around them that no enemy could come through, and use them as instruments of peace to bring protection of people all across our world. We do, Lord, pray for the wisdom of the leaders around the world, especially those that have countries and lead countries and those that help them. We pray, Lord, for their wisdom. We pray, Lord, for their hearts to be softened. We pray, Lord, that even the differences that or different around the world, but still be seen as people of great value. And that God, all different 
aspects of how we act, how we use our force and our power would be used for good. Lord, we do pray for conflicts and for refugees and for people recovering from different hurricanes and other natural disasters. God, we pray for them. And God, we also pray for your church, not only this local church, but your church worldwide, to ever be connected through you and, your, and by your spirit. Lord, we pray for ourselves to once again take this time to take our hearts and bow before you, to profess our love for you and to give thanks again for the risen Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us. God, for any unspoken prayer request here today, for those requests that we constantly bring to your table, we pray for them. And we pray that prayer that you taught your disciples, the prayer that marks us as your followers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. It's now time for the offering of our gifts. We don't pass the collection plate around anymore, but it is in the rear of the uh, church right here. And you can also give online. We thank you for everyone who gives. Please stand for the doxology. <laughs> you give us. Please bless these gifts so that we may share your love with our community, our nation, and the world. Amen.
Well, good morning, church. First of all, it's okay to clap. You can clap. You can clap. It's okay. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. That's right. We're so thankful for you, choir, for sharing that uh, wonderful moment of reflection there as you sang and centered our hearts once again on Jesus Christ. So thank you all for that. As we're here today, I uh, do want to just welcome everybody and say hello to those online. Welcome and thank you for being part of our service. Uh, we're going to do something a little different here today, if you haven't noticed in your bulletin is uh, had the fortunate uh, event this week happen in my life, and it just kind of said, okay, whatever we were planning, we're throwing it out and we're doing something else. You know how God does that sometimes in your life. And uh, so the sermon you were supposed to hear was actually one of John Wesley's, and we were going to kind of re-preach a little portion of it, especially it was about uh, this idea. It was about the circumcision of the heart. But in that sermon, he actually gives a, a really kind of rousing uh, portion of it. It's about the idea how we don't lose heart, how we continue to go on through struggles, how we continue to go on even in times of hardship. We continue on because God's power is made perfect in us, and we have much strength in that. And so, congratulations. It was the best sermon you never heard on this day. <laughs> Sorry, you missed out on it, and so be it. But I had the event this week where I was uh, getting to visit with Reverend Jim Meredith, and of course, Ricky, and I see Ricky in the back. Thanks for being here today. And uh, I was visiting with them, and... Um, of course, uh, when you visit with people, and, and of course, uh, Jim's health is, is you know, always declining. He's, he's, you always know, many of you ask about him, and uh, he's, he's still very lucid and very there, but uh, you can tell he's struggling with many things. And of course, whenever in those situations, you know, when you see someone you love so much and know that, you know, I know his heart and what he's given to the church over the many years of his service, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm just praying, God, how can I love this person? How can I show love in just an amazing way? And uh, we're sitting there, and somehow in the conversation, Jim mentions about how uh, he mentions something about preaching in note cards. And I go, oh, Jim, you actually, when you preached, did you preach, you know, using note cards? And he said, oh, I had this whole system. And he tells me about this whole system, about how he'd write each and every single out, and then he'd photocopy everything and make it pristine and perfect. And then he'd memorize it and put it on note cards and then come and preach it. And then he says, hey, Ricky, go get some of my things. So Ricky goes back in the back room. And I didn't bring the box, but first of all, there's this big heavy metal box with all these note cards and, and notes in it. And then they pull out a book like this, and they set it in my lap. And uh, it is a book of Jim's sermons that he meticulously kept in order, numbered, and also pristinely kept. You can see how pristine this is, and just kind of, you can see how it's bound and everything. And this, just so you know, are the sermons 1201 through 1400. So again, just in case I know some math people are kind of like... 1,201, right? So many sermons at this point, to 1,400. Now, I asked Jim, I said, is this the last book you had? And he said, oh, no, there, you know, there's probably one, I think maybe one more after this. But what was unique about this book that they happened to pull out, as I began to open it and just look at it, I noticed the sermons that were preached in this era were preached in this room in about 2004 era, 2003, 2004. And I knew in that moment, I was like, I know exactly how I want to show love to Jim here today and to show uh, just not only respect him, but to truly honor him. As you know, uh, as pastors, we spend a good portion of our week uh, planning the sermon, finding, you know, trying to search the scriptures and figure out what God has for us and what God would want us to preach and to, of course, look at our congregation and think about what you need to hear and what spurs you on to, to love Jesus more and to love others more. And so uh, I looked through this and I said, uh, can I? Can I this? And they're like, oh yeah, take it, take it with you. Don't have some fun, look through it, have a good time. And then I got home, or I got back to the office, and of course I looked through and I was like, I know exactly, I'm going to find a sermon, we're going to preach it here today, right? And as I was looking through, I found one that was preached here in this place. It was on uh, November the 27th, I believe, in 2004. 
by Reverend Jim Meredith. It was his sermon number 1,359, in case you wanted to know. And uh, it's called Faith's Heartbeat. And I looked at the message, not only did I love the message, but I thought it would be very appropriate for us here today, and I think it would spur you on. And so I asked Ricky and Jim, I said, hey, would it be okay if I preach this, giving, of course, all, you know, and I wouldn't plagiarize it, but I would give all credit to Jim uh, here today and note, of course, in the bulletin as well. And they said, yes. So thank you, Ricky, and thank you, Jim, for the honor of preaching this message. Let us first pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth that were spoken many, many years ago, almost 18 years ago, Lord, we know that they're pleasing in your sight. Lord, may all our thoughts and actions and hearts here today be also just as pleasing. And may, Lord, we once again find that you are the God who does not change, that the God of 18 years ago is still the God today. So, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Long ago, one university president told another, treat your A and B students kindly. Some will become professors. But be just as kind to your C students. They're the ones who will build your multi-million dollar science laboratory. My scripture this morning begins with 1 John 3.11, a verse that makes me feel like I'm a C student being treated very kindly. John could have begun his writing, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. John could have written, how many times do I have to tell you this? John could have written, don't you get it yet? Instead, he's kind to us slow learners. This is the message you heard from the beginning, 1 John 3, 11 through 24, my scripture passage for this morning. Of course, in Jim, he read his scripture, so I'll read it here today, just like he would have in those days. This comes from 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 11. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees that his brother is in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but in actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence, whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God, where we receive from him anything we ask, because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey this command live in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit that he gives.
John's oft-repeated theme in this message is love one another. John may think I yet grasp the idea. As I see him use the word love seven times, I wonder, where am I on love's learning curve? So consider a quick outline of the stages before love. These words illustrate stage one. I am ignorant and inexperienced. When it comes to this love, John describes, it's the stage of one person who has never truly tried it. They've not only tried, never tried it, but they've never heard it. Last year's Ohio State quarterback, Craig Krenzel, <laughs> everybody under 30 went, who? <laughs> majored in molecular genetics. When it comes to molecular genetics, most of us are in stage one. Never tried it, never heard of it. Teaching can move people from stage one to stage two. They then say, I've heard about it, but I've never tried it. They're aware, but inexperienced. To teach about faith sharing, for example, may produce stage two people who understand what they hear, but do not put it into practice. Moving from stage two to stage three is a hard learning step. Stage three is awkward stage in which we say, I understand it and I can do it if I work at it. We see people in this awkward stage playing music, playing a sport, on a date, <laughs> driving a car, or sharing Christ with others. A lapse in concentration will bring catastrophe. Many people try to lead stage three Christian lives, concentrating and working at it. And John's oft-repeated love message tries to move stage a one person, stage two persons, stage three persons, ultimately, to stage four. And in stage four, we say this. I understand it, and it's a natural part of me. Hear me clearly at this point. The Holy Spirit is how God moves people from stage three believers to stage four. The two Bible characters that are named in these verses are Jesus and Cain. We see Jesus throughout the New Testament, but Cain's name may surprise us. What do we know about Cain? We know that he was Adam and Eve's son, and that he murdered his brother Abel because he envied Abel's pure and obedient relationship to the Lord. John mentions Cain, I believe, because we need to see that even an innocent believer may encounter hatred. In other words, some people give believers every opportunity to hate them back. In other words, some people give believers every excuse not to love them. In other words, do not expect people to be lovable before you can love them. Stage three love, it grits its teeth and says, I'm going to love them even if it kills me. Stage four love says, my love is not yours to earn. My love for you comes as the Spirit works through me. That's why faith's heartbeat is an appropriate title. Concerning the human heartbeat, I hope that no one here is in stage three saying, I really have to concentrate to keep it going. A beating human heart is a stage four phenomenon, naturally and internally a part of us. Picture yourself so filled with divine love, so filled with the Holy Spirit that your love is as spontaneous as a heartbeat. John may be the president of God's earthly university. And we may be some of his C students, but his gentle words reveal God's divine patience 
awaiting a breakthrough for each of us. And we finally hit stage four. And we get this love thing right. May the Lord add his blessing. Once again, the word preached. And preached yet again 18 years later. Let us pray. Lord, as we hear today, we thank you so much. For Reverend Jim Meredith and the words that he so faithfully preached from your scriptures to us. God, hear it again today. It's quite a treat. We give thanks. Once again, as we give thanks for so many other things, but we give thanks here today to the many men and women and our sort of forefathers and foremothers of the faith that came before us, even to bring us to this point. That Lord, we could worship you and know who you are, know what you would have us do, and to once again have your spirit live inside of us. To bless again these words that were spoken today, these words of your scripture proclaimed, in the, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, <clears throat> it occurred to me, when I saw this book, that I couldn't end with just Jim's words here today. <laughs> it occurred to me, we need one other thing to, that we need to do today, and of course this message that talks about just love flowing out of us and just pouring out, is, uh, as I mentioned to you, you know, Reverend Jim Meredith, he doesn't seem to be in the best health, as we all know, the declining disease of Parkinson's that he has. And I thought, this might be a golden opportunity to love on him a bit. And so what I would encourage you to do, as your pastor, and uh, encourage you to just act in love, as we just heard proclaimed in this message, I want you to write a letter to Reverend Meredith about the message you just heard. As I told you, your pastors spend inordinate amounts of time, rightly so, but inordinate amount of time on our sermons. And to know that Reverend Meredith has a whole shelf, a whole bookshelf dedicated to all his sermons on the shelf, I think it would bless him greatly to hear what that sermon made a difference in your life. And once again, know that the words that he shared so many years ago still echo in the halls of this room here today. And almost any pastor I've ever known would be honored by that, would feel loved by that, feel this moment of cherishing. And I just thank God that he's still at a place where he could read those notes that you would write him, <coughs> he would know what you were saying, and that he would in his heart be so grateful and I think you could really make a good moment of love in his life. Church, let's do it. If you need his address, uh, it's found in the directory. If you don't have a directory, you can call the church office just as a note upon that. Call tomorrow, because tomorrow, as you know, this is the week of Thanksgiving. Melinda will be in office tomorrow, but not Wednesday, and so please call tomorrow. Uh, if you can't get a hold of Melinda, please call me. You got my cell phone and things like that, uh, and I'll be sure to get you their address. Of course, I don't want to post it up. Post this online, so it's not exactly the best thing to post people's addresses online. But uh, if you do need it, please contact the office. Be sure to give it to you. But church, let's love. And let's do it not only in words, but written words and through action. Please stand as you're able this morning for our closing hymn, Fairest Lord Jesus. <laughs>
Thank you for being in worship with us here today. Thank you, those online. Thank you for those in here as well. Uh, do you want to just mention to you, you're getting out a couple minutes early. What am I saying? You know, they don't make sermons like they used to, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it does give you at least five minutes to help decorate the church before you have to say, I have to leave, technically. I'm just throwing that out there. But we are going to decorate the church here in just a minute, have a good time of fellowship. And uh, I don't see Steve there. He must be upstairs. But uh, Mr. Steve Shirley is going to be captaining our ship, so give us some time to set up and things like that. Uh, we'll get things going here in just a minute. But I do want to share from you in that same book that we read from a little earlier, right? When he starts off, I want to read you these words that were shared. From 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked at and our own hands have touched, this we proclaim the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. As we hear the words preached once again, and I hear Reverend Jim Miller, may your joy be complete. All the saints with us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 